well met everyone. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a podcast by a nerd for other nerds that love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather and I'll be your host as we journey into the wondrous land of information. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. So this week I'm going to be talking about something that's definitely very prevalent here in America. For anyone listening from a different country, I'm not as sure of how often artificial sweeteners are used for you, so sorry if this one doesn't pertain to you quite as much. But here in America, it's a known fact that obesity is a big concern. There's a lot of adults and even children who are overweight. I myself am actually overweight. And one of the things that we often use to try to help mitigate this and lessen the amount of sugar we're eating or drinking is artificial sweeteners. There's a whole lot of different versions of artificial sweeteners. There are some that are made from more natural ingredients. Things like stevia and monk fruit are plant-based artificial sweeteners. And by artificial, I just mean they're not sugar. So I guess those ones are more of a sugar substitute. And that's one of the many differences. So there's two main types of artificial sweeteners or sugar substitutes. And that's what they are. There's artificial sweeteners and there's sugar substitutes. So anything that you would use in place of sugar. The sugar substitutes, in my opinion, tend to be more the things that are naturally occurring, but they're not straight sugar. So it's not the typical white table cane sugar that you picture. It's things like agave syrup and stevia and monk fruit or beet sugar. Things that are more naturally based, but they're not necessarily sugar. And then the artificial sweeteners are things like aspartame and saccharin and sucralose or Splenda, which are all more artificial and lab created. Now, obviously there are some lab techniques used in a lot of the sugar substitutes like stevia and things like that things that have been done to them to make them sweeter or more effective or make them easier to create in bulk because a lot of people use it for a lot of different things. Another type of sweetener that's out there that doesn't get mentioned as often, I don't think. I've read about it in several different diet type books, like, you know, different options of eat this, not that sort of stuff. And those are called sugar alcohols. Sugar alcohols are another sweetener you can use. They're actually naturally occurring. So it's things that occur naturally in fruits and vegetables. If you've ever bitten into a fruit that's just a little too ripe and you know how it tastes just a little funny, a little fermented even, part of that is the sugar alcohols. The sugar alcohols don't process through your system quite the same way, and because of that, they don't have the same carb load as a regular spoonful of sugar. There's a lot of different ones. They actually get used a lot in things like sugar-free gum. If you've ever looked at a sugar-free gum packet, one of the ingredients is usually xylitol. It's spelled X-Y-L-I-T-O-L. Xylitol is a sugar alcohol, And it's one that is also, according to studies, supposedly good for your teeth. So it's something that gets put in a lot of gums and mints and things that are sugar-free to bring sweetness. One caution I will say with sugar alcohols, xylitol in particular, is that they are really, really, really bad for cats and dogs. 
So do not give your dog gum, in particular for dogs. Cats it's not great for, but dogs in particular do not do well with xylitol. Specifically xylitol, although personally I wouldn't give them any sugar alcohols just in case. The xylitol can cause some really negative health effects. So anything like gum or a sugar-free breath mint or anything like that is not something you should give your dog ever. Just never do it. However, those are the three main types of sugar substitutes. There's the sugar alcohols, the sugar substitutes, so a different naturally occurring thing that you can use in place of sugar, and then there's the artificial sweeteners that we've created in labs. Those are sort of the three ways I would break it down. So according to the Mayo Clinic, artificial sweeteners are synthetic sugar substitutes. So the things like saccharin and aspartame that I mentioned are perfect examples. Sucralose is also a good example. It is technically a based off of sugar. Sucralose was created from sugar. So it is a more naturally occurring artificial sweetener, but it's still completely lab created. They derived it from sugar, but it's not a naturally occurring substance. And so that is something that I would still consider an artificial sweetener. A lot of the artificial sweeteners, because they're so chemical-based and so artificial, do have health concerns. One of the many things that's come up, of course, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are around my age remember this, but um, sweet and low and saccharin, the little pink packets. I remember as a kid, I was maybe 10 or so, so this was probably in the mid to late 90s, Studies started coming out saying that rats in labs who'd been fed large amounts of saccharin had started to develop tumors, and so there was concern for cancer risk with saccharin. Now, I will say, to be fair, rats develop tumors pretty easily anyway. So whether this was 100% just because of the artificial sweetener or not, it's a little tricky to say. And specifically, some of those studies that were done linked the saccharin to bladder cancer in rats. And those studies go all the way back to the 70s, but I remember hearing about it when I was like 10-ish. So I think they had sort of a resurgence of it. And I know that they started being required to put the hazard label on the saccharin packets. And unfortunately, since then, it's hard to say, according to the National Cancer Institute and some other health and agencies that are out there, there's not a lot of sound scientific evidence that these artificial sweeteners actually cause cancer or other serious health problems. There's just studies that show that, you know, there's a safe amount that you should be ingesting and you probably shouldn't go past it, especially for like pregnant women and things like that. Um, And so it's a little hit or miss. I do know the FDA has approved a lot of artificial sweeteners as additives in food. However, they do regulate them. They don't want too, too much out there. So like if you drink a diet soda and you flip it over, I'd have to double check. I believe the diet soda has aspartame in it, which is one of the other artificial sweeteners. And so there's a lot of things going on with that. There's been a lot of studies done. Like I said, it's hard to say 100% did this cause this. Did the fake sugars cause the cancer, especially with rats as test subjects because they create so many tumors in their bodies just on the regular. Anyone who's ever had a pet rat knows, I'm sure, that tumors are a big risk with pet rats. 
a lot of rats develop tumors, especially as they get older, closer to like the three to five year old range is when I think you start to see even more of them. So they're already a species that's a little prone to it, which makes it a little harder. And of course, this isn't something that's going to be approved for human testing, not to that extreme where they're feeding as much, you know, the same ratio because the rats are getting fed tons and tons of these artificial sweeteners to test this and they're obviously not going to approve something like that on a human scale so it can make it a little trickier sometimes for these studies to definitively prove whether or not it can do this in a human and whether or not the risk is huge they do recommend avoiding them for pregnant women just in case because there have been concerns that it could cause an effect on the developing child which obviously there's a lot of things that that encompasses and you know you can't what is it there's so many things you can't have when you're pregnant things like the artificial sweeteners they tell you not to have they tell you not to have a lot of caffeine you're allowed to have a little bit according to most doctors but not a lot and you know things like that so there's a lot of things you have to restrict in those situations because a developing human body is much more sensitive than your or my adult body And then next, I want to talk about sugar alcohols. Sugar alcohols are actually a sugar substitute that I personally have real life experience with because I have used xylitol in my everyday life. I've done a couple of different diets over the years, and one of them in particular, one of the things they suggested was that you use a sugar alcohol like xylitol instead of using sugar. And it does work. I mean, it it, the xylitol tasted like sugar. I didn't really have any major health problems from it at all. The only problem I personally had is that if I had too much of the xylitol, it would give me an upset stomach. The reason for this is because your body doesn't process sugar and a sugar alcohol quite the same way. Now, the benefits of that is that it can help with weight control because your body's not absorbing the same amount of carbs that you would with sugar. And it can also help for people who have things like different health issues like diabetes because your body doesn't recognize it the same way. It doesn't increase your blood sugar levels quite as much. Your body can't absorb the sugar alcohols as well. So it's good for those reasons. But if you have too much of it, they can act as a laxative. I didn't often have that issue, but it did make me somewhat more gassy sometimes, so I had to be careful with how much I had. And it also could make me feel kind of bloated and uncomfortable if I had too much. There were also certain combinations that made it worse. So if you're looking into a sugar substitute, in my personal opinion, and this is just my personal opinion, I am not a human doctor. Do not, you know, talk to your doctor before making these kinds of major changes to your life, all that deal. But in my personal opinion, sugar alcohols are one of my preferred sugar substitutes. It tastes a lot like sugar. It's naturally occurring. Even if it's made in a lab, it is a naturally occurring substance, which means it is something I could eat in a piece of fruit. There are certain fruits and certain vegetables that have the sugar alcohols in them. And so for me, that makes me feel less like I'm putting something chemically and awful into my system. The other benefit of it though it or excuse me downside the other downside of it though is that if you combine it with certain things it did seem to make the upset stomach happen more for instance lemonade i made myself lemonade a few times with the xylitol sugar substitute the sugar alcohol and 
every time I drank that lemonade, my stomach in particular was much more upset than if I had it in something else. I think it was because of all the acidity in the lemons, but also because of any sugar alcohols the lemons themselves had combining with the sugar alcohol that I was adding to it. So it just made it extra potent in terms of giving me, you know, a little bit of bloating or gassiness. I also think it probably had to do with the fact that with lemons, because they're so tart, I had to add more of the sugar alcohol than I would to say like a cup of coffee or something like that, or a cup of tea. So it was a higher concentration was probably a portion of the problem as well. And those are known issues, and so some of those sugar alcohols will carry warnings about not using too much because of the potential laxative effect. And I I can say from personal experience that it does cause some GI upset. I will also say, though, my body started adjusting to the sugar alcohol the more I used it. I haven't been using it as regularly lately. I gave my body a break. (laughs) But um, in terms of flavor it tasted the most like sugar to me everyone's taste buds are slightly different so whichever one you're going to like the best is going to vary a little depending on the person there's just no helping that it's the way it is one downside to the sugar alcohols though beyond the fact that it can give you a slightly gassy or upset stomach is that it's also a lot more expensive because of the way they occur naturally in fruits and vegetables, it is something that can be collected from those. It's also something that can be processed in a lab somewhere and created. You know, it's still the same chemical. It's a naturally occurring chemical, but created somewhere. The downside is that it's more expensive. Now, sugar, because it's so mass-produced everywhere and relatively easy to acquire, isn't that expensive compared to some of these substitutes. That is one downside to switching to something else. In my personal opinion, because the saccharin and aspartame and things like that have been around for so long, those are some of the least expensive, at least from what I've seen. Sucralose, the one that's made from sugar, the Splenda, basically, is also an artificial sweetener that's lab created. Um, I do use Splenda if I have to pick between those three. For me personally, Splenda tastes the most like sugar, but also it's been a, it was developed more recently. So they had new technology when they developed as opposed to the aspartame and saccharin. Also, as far as I know, there have been no studies showing there's any issues with any of those that are, it's actually a direct link. There's talk of it, but there's no direct links that have been shown. I still prefer the sugar alcohols personally. Those will be my favorite, my my first choice. But please keep in mind if you use them, you might get an upset stomach. And keep in mind if you use them that they're more expensive. My The best price I found was actually purchasing them on Amazon. I was able to get big bags of it for a much better price. One plus side to the sugar alcohols is you can bake with them. They do make it because it often comes granulated like sugar. So you can bake with it like you would bake with sugar. Usually, I would recommend, though, double-checking online about conversions and things like that. It is something people have been doing, and it's a way to bring down the carb load and the sugar load of a recipe, especially if you have any health concerns with the high sugar, like weight loss concerns, or if you have someone you're cooking for who's diabetic and you want to make it sweet but not cause them to go into any issues, you know, those are different options. So that's two of the different kinds. And then when we come back after my break, I'm going to go into the last kind of 
sugar substitute, which are the more natural sugar substitutes, so things like the stevia. Okay, everyone, so I'm going to try to keep my mid-roll short today, I hope. Fingers crossed, everybody. All right, so I want to talk about World Anvil. World Anvil is amazing. Demetrius and his wife Janet and the rest of the crew over there, Secondhand Samurai, everybody, they're all amazing. They do great work, and they have developed an amazing product. It's the most robust world-building platform that we've been able to find anywhere. Their software is fantastic. They're constantly upgrading and adding things. If you're an author trying to flesh out your world and you want an easy space to do that in, to create connections and see how everything fits, or if you're a DM and you want to give your players a way to access information about your world without having to dig through like 60 pages of handwritten notes or something like that, then World Anvil is amazing. And they have a bunch of different tiers that you can sign up for. So it just depends on how much you want to pay. You can even sign up for the free one to start off with and see what you think of it. But I definitely recommend it. It's worldanvil.com. And if you watch Countless Heroes, one of the streaming shows here on Nerdsmith, every month they do a giveaway for a, I believe it's a master level subscription to World Anvil on our Twitch channel. Our Twitch channel is We Are Nerdsmith. So you can look us up that way. It's all one word, you know, smushed together, but it's We Are Nerdsmith. And if you go there, I, I believe it's Countless Heroes and then also Discover RPG, which is on Wednesdays around 1230. They do giveaways for master, I think it's the master subscription, World Anvil subscription so you, that gives you access to even more stuff if you sign up and world anvil's amazing so you should definitely check it out i also want to talk about our other amazing sponsor die hard dice i can't even tell you how beautiful all their dice are everything they've come out with i just it's drool worthy i love their dice and they're so nice and heavy and solid the metal dice are just fantastic plus they've rounded the edges and the corners on their metal dice so if you accidentally step on one or if you drop one on a piece of wood you know your wooden table or something like that it doesn't completely destroy it like some do it, they're just they're beautiful and i cannot talk about them enough also if you go to dieharddice.com when you go to check out, you can use the coupon code GeekThyself, all one word, and you'll get 15.15% off of your purchase, your first purchase or your next purchase, whichever it happens to be. So definitely recommend you check that out. Okay, so yeah, that mid-roll wasn't as short as I wanted it to be. I need to get better about that. I'm sorry, you guys. But anyway, back into artificial sweeteners and sugar substitutes. So Sugar substitutes. When I think sugar substitute, I think of anything that could replace sugar, but in particular, I tend to think of the more natural sugar substitutes just because of how my brain breaks it down. So like I mentioned earlier, when I think of these things, artificial sweeteners are things like the sucralose and aspartame and saccharin that were lab created. Um, sugar substitutes are the more natural options. So things like stevia and monk fruit and agave syrups and things like that. And then of course, we've got the sugar alcohols that I just talked about before the break. And I've used all of them. I Pretty much anyone who is an adult in the United States at the moment is likely to have tried at least one of these, if not all of them at some point in their life. It just depends on how you were raised and, you know, what your family preferred to use, really. So in terms of 
more naturally occurring sugar substitutes. There's a whole slew of them. So agave syrup, let's just start at the beginning with A. Sure, why not? Agave syrup can be a tasty substitute, but it doesn't necessarily have less glucose than regular sugar. It's going to depend on the kind you get and also how much you're using. So it's definitely something you should use in moderation. And in my personal opinion, it's also not as sweet. So there's probably going to be a tendency to use more of it, which doesn't actually help you. There's other things out there too, things like coconut sugar and chicory. Those can also sometimes be used as sweeteners. The coconut sugar is actually supposed to be pretty good for you and a healthy alternative to regular sugar. But the problem is it's really hard to find and it's really expensive. So it doesn't always work well for most people. The chicory is supposed to taste pretty good, but it's one that, at least from what I've read, should be used more in moderation because it's usually mixed with other things, which means part of the reason it works is because they've mixed it with other things to taste good. So probably some real sugar and stuff is mixed in there, which means you're not saving as many calories as you think you are. Okay, another two that ones that actually that I know my husband uses sometimes are honey and maple syrup. Now, in his case, he's not doing it to try to cut the calories or anything. He's actually doing it just because he likes the taste of honey and maple syrup. But there are people out there who think that maybe it's healthier for them because it's less processed or more natural. And it is less processed than cane sugar. This is true because you pretty much just collect it and use it. The maple syrup actually has to go through a lot of cooking to get to the syrup part, so maybe that one's debatable. But honey for sure is less processed than cane sugar. However, the problem is that it still has a lot of sugars in it. It's still high glucose. So if you're going for weight loss and or lower calorie intake, then honey and maple syrup don't actually work very well for that. If you just want it for the taste then that's a whole different story. You know, go for it. Why not? But they should definitely be used in moderation, just like table sugar. Now, some of the ones out there like monk fruit, I know for a while they were selling monk fruit sweeteners over the counter, like at grocery stores. I haven't seen one recently, so I don't know if they stopped making it. It was kind of expensive, so that maybe have been a factor. But with monk fruit, it's a lot like the chicory. The monk fruit itself can taste really good and it's very sweet, so you don't need as much of it. However, the monk fruit often got mixed, well, often gets mixed in with other sugars and things to sort of fill out the, the sweetener. And so it doesn't actually always save you as many calories as you think. So that's a downside, of course. And then stevia is another one that's plant-derived. It's actually derived from a plant native to South America. And most people have probably heard at some point or another, it's pretty much calorie-free. And it's sweeter than sugar by a lot. Studies uh, estimate 100 to 300 times sweeter than sugar, depending on, you know, what species exactly and what strain of the stevia plant it's coming from. Um, however, there are a lot of researchers looking into whether or not there's going to be effects on health long term. It's hard to say right now because it's still a fairly new sweetener. It didn't really start getting used until, um, well, in higher quantities until kind of the 90s. And so we haven't had as much time to do a lot of research on it. 
yet. There was a study that showed that it doesn't impact your blood sugar like table sugar does, which for anyone who's looking at it for health reasons like lower calorie or, you know, if you're diabetic or anything like that, that may be a good option for that reason. However, they, like I said, they just haven't done a lot of studies yet. So we don't know really, really long-term use what the effect is going to be because it hasn't been around as often. One thing too is that there's... Uh, you know, certain brands and things like that. I don't know of any specific ones and what they exactly mix into it because a lot of them have proprietary brands, so I can't actually see everything. But in terms of the stevia mixes that you can get over the counter, a lot of them are mixed with other things. So you might get stevia that's got a sugar alcohol like erythritol mixed into it to help bulk it up. And erythritol is a sugar alcohol, which I already covered. So, you know, it's a naturally occurring sugar alcohol. It happens in fruits and veggies. So if you just want something that's more natural, something like stevia, even if it's a blend that has some sugar alcohols in it, is going to be a more natural sugar substitute than going for like aspartame and sucralose and things like that. But again, like with most things, it should be used more in moderation because we, you know, your body, especially if it's one of those mixes that has the sugar alcohol in it, your body may not tolerate the sugar alcohol well. My body tolerated the sugar alcohol really well. I had very few issues with it. Like I said, if I had too much on a given day, it would give me a little bit of an upset tummy, but that was it. I didn't have any other major concerns with it. However, there are people out there who might be more sensitive to it, and therefore it could cause you even worse gassiness or worse bloating or even you know, a major laxative effect that's going to keep you in the bathroom for a good chunk of the day. And for people who are that sensitive to it, obviously it wouldn't work as well. There are areas where you can buy just a small bag of a sugar alcohol to test this. And that might not be a bad idea if you think you're gonna move ahead with maybe looking into using the sugar alcohols. I would recommend, you know, if you have any sort of natural food or health food stores in the area, they probably have a sugar alcohol a sugar substitute there somewhere that you could purchase and often they'll have smaller bags of it you know you could buy like a little one pound bag of this fake sugar well fake sugar quote unquote the sugar substitute and see how your body handles it but I definitely wouldn't recommend switching too quickly to avoid GI upset but also make sure you touch base with your doctor if you're doing it for any kind of a health reason besides just weight management Actually, honestly, I take that back. Even with weight management, check with your doctor because you may have a health concern that they would recommend not using it for, or they might have information about a new study that I'm not aware of that, you know, would give them concern about having you use those. Now, for anyone who wants to do more research on their own, obviously, I strongly encourage this, like always. My research, I did a lot of Googling, honestly, because I, I didn't find a, a book that was on this that I could read quickly enough to get the information spit back out to you. Some of these things I already knew. Like I said, I've used sugar substitutes before for quite a while. I, I use them currently. And so because of that, I did have some background information on some of the different ones. And as I mentioned, I've done a diet that involved sugar alcohols. So I did had done a lot of research into those because I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was putting into my body before I started just shoving it down with my tea and coffee and everything. 
And so I definitely encourage you to do your own research. My research came from a couple of different sources. Uh, one of the big ones was a Mayo Clinic article online. So, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, the Mayo Clinic is this big hospital that does a lot of research and things like that. And their website had an, a big article about artificial sweeteners and sugar substitutes. So that was a good source for me for some of the information I didn't already know just from having done prior research. With the prior research, because I've done so much of it over the years, I couldn't tell you exactly what the sources were in every single one. There's, I, I would have no idea, honestly, because I'm... 34 years old and I've done a lot of research in my life and you know just for this show I've researched I don't even know how many new topics this one was actually suggested by one of my fellow nerdsmith directors Kyle so Kyle if you're listening hi hopefully I answered questions if you had them or at least gave you some more information about them if you didn't know already and with that I think I'm going to call this episode good I will talk to you guys next week, and like always, don't forget, you can submit questions to me and topic suggestions. You can do that on the Nerdsmith Discord. You can do it on Twitter. I'm at amethyst underscore magic, and that's magic with a CK. Or you can also uh, tag the show Twitter, which is at geek thyself. It's actually at geek underscore thyself. Don't ask me why. I don't know what's up with the underscores. So... Those are ones you can check out, and I will talk to you next week. Please remember to check out all the other wonderful shows and productions that we have at nerdsmith.org. You can submit questions or topic suggestions to me on Twitter at amethyst underscore magic with a CK, or you can email me at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. I'll be back next week with a new and interesting topic. Until then... Don't forget to geek thyself. Champions of the Earth. My Champions of the Earth is a live play radio drama hybrid about Power Ranger, Voltron, crazy action. Does it have teen romance? It has teen romance. Hey guys. And, um, hey, hang on a sec. And what else does it have? Is there cool abilities? There's cool abilities. There's an original game system that we're playing together uh, and beta hey, testing. Hey guys, I mean, this is kind of important. Can you... Okay, call just a second. We're trying to tell people about Champions of the Earth. Okay. It sounds um, really cool. There's uh, So it's a cool mix of high school drama, superpowers, and there's mech combat. Yeah. Yeah, but right now, there are monsters coming over the horizon. What are we gonna do, guys? We gotta get out of here. Artsy, save us. Hang on, I got this. Champions of the Earth. Find us wherever podcasts are downloaded. Check us out at championscast.com and go have yourselves an adventure.